A message from the Virginia Department of Health. Yes, Virginia, you can help stop the spread of COVID-19. Stay home, wash your hands, wear a mask in public, and stay six feet away from others. Learn more at bdh.virginia.gov. Uh, the different direction we're going to go right now is to talk to our buddy Dave Fleming. Uh, what's going on, bud? How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm uh, doing just fine. How about you? I am doing very well. I wonder what your reaction is to uh, to the latest with a uh, uh, certainly an uptick in the amount of conversation that's going on between the two sides, but not necessarily any positive news out of it. I don't know. I, I sort of still feel like like progress is being made this week. What do you think? Well, I do, too. Uh, you know, the, um, today, I guess this letter got written and that has everybody, uh, you know, back uh, more. I, I, you know, I, I, frankly, I think what's happening within the negotiations are exactly what's happening to all of us who care about baseball and want to see baseball. And that is just, you know, pure frustration. And uh, so I think some of that is definitely spilling into the the deals that they're trying to make. But I think progress was made. Uh, you know, <laughs> In the end, is it going to make a difference? Are we going to actually have a deal, or are we going to have, you know, this fifty-game uh, season that just sort of is dictated? I don't know the answer to that, but I, we are going to have some baseball this year. I feel ninety-nine point nine percent confident of that. Uh, the commissioner yesterday said a hundred percent, or two days ago said a hundred percent. So, you know, I, I would take his word on that. Um, but, you know, there's still frustration, obviously, on our end as fans and people who care about the game and even with those who are doing it. But I'm with you. I think there was progress made. Uh, even if the two sides are not being real friendly about it, when when deals are being passed back and forth and there's movement in those proposals, then to me that's negotiation. Even if they don't want to call it that, that's what's happening. And I think we saw that this week. What do you think this season, whatever it looks like, what do you think it's going to look like for you? Any, any conversation about where you'll be, what you'll be able to do? Yeah, I mean, I, we have had those conversations. I don't think that any – until we get an actual deal, uh, I don't think anything is 100% set in stone. But the plan as it's been laid out, uh, going back to when the 65-page health document got released, the plan is for – none of the broadcasts to travel. So, you know, I think the theory is, is that the travel party, just make the travel party as small as possible. Now, uh, you know, there's a pretty good argument to be made that with no fans in the stands, the whole point of doing this is our broadcasts. Right, (laughs) right. You know, it's the only way anybody's going to see these things. And so, you know, I think there was a little pushback from some of us, uh, that maybe we should be a part of that essential travel uh, group because it is going to it's going to be hard on us when we're not in in the ballpark in front of uh, the game that's being played. That's not going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be easy no matter what with no crowd noise and no fans. But I, you know, even harder doing it off a TV monitor as opposed to just being able to watch the game. Uh, but I, you know, I understand why that's probably not going to happen, and I get it, and I'm not taking it personally. Um, but at least with the Giants, our tentative plan is to, when the team goes on the road, if we're not going with them, instead of, say, coming in 
to the KNBR studio or the NBC Bay Area studio. We're going to keep the setup at the ballpark, and we will all come to the ballpark even when the team is not there. Do the game from the booth in the ballpark, sort of familiar surroundings. Uh, Even if we're staring at an empty baseball field, it's still a baseball field. Put the video board on. Do the balls and strikes up there. Do replays up there. Like, try to almost trick our brains that a game is happening in front of us and uh, maybe have that be uh, just one tiny step towards normalcy. So, that, I mean, that's our tentative plan. Uh, all the plans could be tossed out the window at any point, I guess, uh, until we actually start. But that's, that's sort of what we're planning on. Sounds like if you were in charge, you would, uh, you'd be there. You'd, you'd, you'd like to go on road games. Even if there's no, even if there's one feed, one set of camera operators, one truck, one producer director, one, which is what it's, that's how this is all going to be operated. And all of it is totally understandable. Let's limit the number of people who have to be uh, together. And that's, I, I, I get that. But, you know, booths are separate. We're not going to be going to the clubhouse. We're not going to be going on the field before games. They're going to charter a big plane, so everybody, in theory, is going to spread out. To me, it would make sense. I don't think we'd be putting you know, any extra risk in there. Uh, we're all going to be following all these distancing rules anyway. If four extra people are on that airplane, if it's 63 as opposed to 59 people on the airplane or whatever, and I think the benefit would outweigh – the, uh, the the cost in that we would be there to see the game and make the broadcast better, more fun, come to life more. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And you uh, know what? Uh, not, yeah. to, not to not to cut not to cut you off, but yeah. some, probably a bunch of my fellow broadcasters are just as happy to not travel and <laughs> you know take on take on whatever risk that is. I personally don't feel like. That's going to be I – th- I think we've learned a lot over these last three months about how this thing works, how you get exposed to it, how to avoid getting exposed to it, and I think we could safely do it uh, and do our jobs a little better, but I'm not in charge, so that's not what we're going to do. Might almost feel kind of like uh, many of us when we were kids, and we used to just set up shop in front of our TV and uh, and pretend like we were the voice of a of a major league baseball team. But at a, when you're doing it at a high level – how does that change the broadcast? Like, what, what are your challenges? Yeah, well, number the, – the biggest challenge by far will be when we are – you know, we, we, it's going to be challenging enough when we're home with no fans to, to mimic that energy that the crowd and the ballpark gives you because that, that will be a huge challenge without that. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge for the players, frankly. Um, but I, the, uh, when the team goes on the road, if you're doing it off a monitor, I'll just give you one example and I'll use, uh, you know, I'll use, let's say the giants are playing in LA against the Dodgers, just as an example. So the Dodgers home broadcasters are producing the telecast and oral Hershiser is on the Dodgers telecast. And the producer and director are listening to him. That's who they're listening to. They're producing the telecast for him. And, you know, let's say he is talking about the strange color of the glove of the bullpen catcher today because the Dodgers (laughs) did something funny. And the cameras are going to be, you know, the cameras will cut to that, follow him 
because that's what directors and producers who are good at their jobs do. Follow your announcers, you know, help the pictures, tell the story, all that stuff. And we're going to be sitting here in San Francisco with shots of something that we're not talking about that we might not know what it is. And, you know, I'm not saying the whole telecast is going to be fixated on that, but especially doing a radio broadcast where we're trying to describe what we're seeing, we're not going to be seeing anything. And so that is a big challenge, you know, and I, I don't exactly know what we're going to do in that instance. Um, you know, if we were guaranteed that the telecasts were going to be really generic, uh, you know, then maybe it might be a little easier where we're just getting shots, a big picture shot of the field, maybe a close up of the pitcher and the hitter every once in a while. But otherwise, just sort of staying back and wide like we see it with our own eyes. But that's not how they're going to do these telecasts. And that will be a big challenge for us. You know what's interesting, and you might not want to hear this, but I feel like the Giants broadcast team, you guys are kind of uniquely qualified for that. Like, if the screen is off in some random spot, Crook, Kipe, you, and John, like, turning that into a bit, I, I think I'd sign up for that, actually. <laughs> and you know what? We might. I, th- I think we are going to have to, the audience and we all together are going to have to just have a sense of humor about this. And there are going to be times where we're going to have to literally articulate, hey, this is what we're seeing, and we don't know what that, <laughs> you know, We might not know what that is sometimes. Right. Like, we might not. Uh, and I think if we have a smile on our faces – Everybody gets what this is. Everybody gets that this isn't going to be perfect. And I'm okay with that. I'm, and you know what? In fact, I'm good with that. And so I'm, I think we're all going to have to have sort of a sense of humor, maybe be a little bit more willing to not just admit when we get something wrong, but admit when the tech isn't working, admit. I think everybody's going to go along with that. So it's not like I think it's going to be a disaster. I just think there, if that keeps happening over and over again, at some point maybe people listening, watching, might just rather, hey, let's hear about what's going on out there. And right. there might be some times when that's a challenge, right? So we'll uh, see. Yeah, I also wonder this, and, and, and this is one thing, I even wonder how this part of the conversation factors into the, the, the negotiations that are ongoing right now. You've already had the state of Texas – and the state of Arizona say, yeah, we can have some fans at our games. Those are both states where the Giants, in theory, will travel this summer. What happens if some stadiums and states are very different than others? What does that mean in terms of revenue? What does that mean in terms of home field advantage? Really good questions, and I don't know the answers. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, home field advantage, I, uh, uh, I think players would welcome any situation where they could play in front of some fans. I do, um, even if the players felt like, hey, that might be a little bit of a disadvantage for, you know, where we don't, we're at home and we don't have fans, but we have to go to Arizona and the Diamondbacks have fans. I think the players still would say, hey, look, it's better for everybody if we all just have some fans when we can. Um, but, you know, as far as the revenue, I assume the owners would get together and and share that. I mean, I don't think that it would be right. But, you know, I, I guess there's a chance that that could penalize teams that 
you know, are in areas that don't open up. And I, you know, it's very hard to imagine that we're going to open up here uh, just the way that yeah. Californians view this whole thing and the way, and I'm rightfully so I'm not, that is not a criticism, but um, uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Dave Fleming with us on the sports leader. What'd you make of the giants pick, uh, picking Patrick Bailey, a, a catcher in the first round? Well, I think, you know, it does give you a little idea. It sounded to me like Farhan talked about it after the draft, uh, uh, at least somewhat. But it gives you an idea of how the Giants are thinking about building a roster long term. Not that, like, look, you never take a player in baseball thinking it's a guarantee. I don't care if he's even, I guess, sometimes the number one overall pick or number two overall. Even then in baseball, it's not a just a stone cold lock guarantee, but you don't take a player even high in the first round thinking it's just a lock. This guy's going to be on our big league team soon. It just doesn't work that way. You hope, but it doesn't work that way. But assuming that Patrick Bailey, the guy they took is going to be a good player. And I think he will be a good player. I mean, it does give you an insight into the idea, not just that the giants are okay with, you know, having multiple players of the same position and just kind of figuring it out, but also the idea that, hey, the catcher spot, uh, particularly if there's a DH in the National League, which there will be this year, and who knows, that could very well, I mean, a lot of people in the game think that's going to lead to a permanent DH in the National League. I don't know that that's true, but that's what a lot of people believe. Uh, that, you know, this... It, it, uh, in the NFL, what do they call it now? Like, uh, you know, a committee of running backs, like the positions where you right. get the most chewed up physically. Uh, why not share that load and then figure out. So why couldn't you, in theory, if both of your catchers were good offensive players? And that's a best case scenario, right? Patrick Bailey and Joey Bart are both really good hitters. In theory, five or six days a week, both of those guys could be in the lineup and you also keep them fully, totally fresh. So that at the end of the year, you know, typically a catcher gets worn down. It wouldn't be the case. And I think the giants are looking at it that way. Like this does not mean that we don't like the guys we have. This can be, and and put Buster Posey in that, you know, I don't, sure. I don't think it means that you can't have three. Uh, I think it's very, very likely that in the near future, even without an expanded roster, the Giants are going to have, at all times, three players active for a game who can catch. I think that's very likely. So, you know, I think that gives you an insight into into part of what the Giants are thinking. But I also think in baseball, take the guy you think is best, period, end of story, and deal with log jams later. You can make trades. You People get hurt take the best I think in every sport you almost should do that but it is a little different in other sports where you immediately plug you know it's hard for the for a team with a established quarterback to take a quarterback and because you're not going to play right away right 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 whereas another another position you are going to play right away in baseball no position are you going to play right away that period you're drafting talent to accumulate talent and figure out how it fits in together a year two years, sometimes more down the line. And so just take the best player. Dave, always good to hear you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. Uh, good to hear your voice. And uh, hopefully next time you and I chat, it's with yeah. a date 
and hey, we're looking, we're three weeks out, and we're getting ready, and we have some concrete info. I hope we're, so. Yeah, we're breaking down a schedule and where the Astros are on it. Yeah, looking uh, looking forward to that. Dave, thanks, man. <laughs> the heck knows. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you, sir. All right. 